You know what? We're celebrating our first episode of season two. Yes, and we're going to start off this year with a very accomplished fine artist and potter. You know, when it comes to creative talent, our guest, Winfred Potenza, is about as creative as they get. Yes, she has literally created virtually every day of her life for over 50 years, and there's not too many people that can say that. They certainly can't. That's pretty amazing. everyone. Hope you're having a wonderfully creative week and a happy new year to you all. I'm Rod Jones. And as you know, we celebrate what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice. And we share with you how you can live a more creative life. Yes. And I'm Ingie Jones. Welcome to Thought Row Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen. And our episodes are always absolutely free to listen to. You can go to thoughtrowpodcast.com and listen to current and past episodes directly on the website, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's easy. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell us in better detail who our guest is going to be today? Okay. Our guest today is Winifred Potenza, an internationally known artist that has been featured in many museums around the world, and she's well known for her Hearts of the World series of paintings. Yeah, they're pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seeing how this is the first episode of season two, kicking off 2022, Uh I know we'll have some very exciting things in store for our listeners this year. In fact, I know who some of those people are going to be. Yes, you do, and it's going to be focusing on sharing with everyone how they can think and be and live more creatively with their own passions. Well, you know, Angie, I'm excited about this coming year and all the interesting things we will be sharing about creativity. And don't forget, we'll have some fascinating guests that will share their own unique stories. But before we start, it's time for us to hear your quote Yeah. Okay. Well, Rod, I'm really excited about 2022. It's going to be a great year to explore living creatively. Well, I couldn't agree more. Okay. So here is the quote and it is New Year's Day, fresh start, a new chapter in life waiting to be written, new questions to be asked, embraced and loved, answers to be discovered and then lived in this transformative year of delight and self-discovery. Today, carve out a quiet interlude for yourself in which to dream pen in hand. Only dreams give birth to change. And that is by Sarah Ban Brethnock. I think she's a famous writer, right? Yes, I think she's got a Uh, a few books out there. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that is a heck of a quote. It is. I think that's something to take to heart. And and I like the carve out time in your day to take pen in hand and, and make something happen creatively. Well, anytime you sit and spend some time by yourself, especially and sit down and just think creatively or just think about your life and all the cool, positive, wonderful things you want to accomplish this year, this quote really resonates well. I think it hits all the highlights. Uh, It's a pretty special quote now that I think about it. It is. And, you know, and for me, when I, when I read that quote and I 
I'm thinking about it. It is really about digging deep inside of your heart, inside of your soul, inside of your mind, and really letting that come out instead of squashing it down with all the daily grind and what you need to remember, what you need to do. It's just like jump in there and do it and don't think about all that other stuff because it will take care of itself. Yeah, and there's no better time of the year to start that process than today. Right on. Yeah. So, okay, Rod, now it's going to be time for your Rod's Motivational Moments. Well, seeing how we're beginning this new year, Mm -hmm. if you haven't already done so, this is a great time for you to start a journal. It will be your companion for the year and the perfect place for you to keep your thoughts and your ideas and maybe some illustrations. I know many of you know that we offer a journal on our website, but you can pick up a journal almost anywhere. They're available at office, uh, stationery stores. Uh, You probably can even find them at your favorite grocery store. But whatever you do, start a journal. It's a great place to document your creativity and of course, all the things that make you happy. That's what I like like about it. That way you can highlight the happy things. Don't go in there and just highlight of all the things that are going wrong, but write down the things that make you happy and the things that went right for you. Even if it was just that you put on your favorite shoes for the day, if that's the only thing that happened to you that was good. Well, journals are a way to set milestones or set the stage Mm -hmm. for the things that you want to create and the things that you've already created. They're they're really a perfect place to document your uh, feelings. So true. But you know, you were mentioning about going to this store or that store. I'm, I don't know. I like to shop online and I would just go to the website and order because a, I don't have to deal with parking and people and all this other stuff just to get a journal. And secondly, I'll save on gas. So why not? Well, I knew you'd get that in there, but you did it really well. I mean, that is a, that's a valid point. It is expensive to run around. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the gas prices and I'm like shocked. I'm sorry, especially in California. Yeah. And maybe in other parts of the it's nation, not so bad, it's not so here. bad, but I know. Well, the one thing I like, particularly like about our journal is it's not obtrusive and I can be very private when I write. I wish you we'd had a lock me on up, it. Rod. Yeah, I think you need one of those old <laughs> diaries that the girls would use a little key on so it's like really top secret. Yes, I don't want anybody to look at it. Mostly I don't want people to see my little illustrations that I make because I am definitely not a character drawer. Uh, but I do. I don't know. I kinda, like your characters. Well, you know, I kind of document things that I'm thinking about by yeah. making illustrations. And the cool thing about our journal, and I think you do this in other journals too, yeah. there is a page specifically opposite of everything where you write your content, your thoughts, your right, ideas, where it's whatever. Lined, yeah. yeah, and you can sit there and make little illustrations or give yourself some ideas of something you want to do. Or um, I often draw the dessert I'm hoping to have. <laughs> I'll make a little cake You'll or You'll get pie. a banana as your, as your dessert. <laughs> yes, I make illustrations of you. Anyway, journal, journal, journal. And this is the yeah. perfect time of Wherever the year and whatever to start. You use. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I also wanted to say something about 2021. And as we say goodbye to it, uh, there's a lot going on around the world. And... I think everyone's thinking, good riddance. We can't wait for 2021 to go bye-bye. And I think we're all waiting for a new year, new fresh um, kind of take on what's been going on. Well, like they say, don't look in the rearview mirror when it comes to last year. 
I'm sure there were some good things that happened for people. Right, but in this and it was new good year, for, I mean, it was kind of good for us, the podcast and all well, that. That's when we started the podcast. Yeah, for so sure. that aspect of it was really positive for us. But you know, there's a lot of, of trauma going on in the world. A lot of people uh, not living as their best life, probably for a lot of reasons. So, well, but uh, in this new year, we can set new goals and have a time to celebrate what your future could be. You know, don't dwell on the past. Yes. It, Things go wrong and you might have very wonderful things happen, but you need to kind of keep on the road ahead and keep looking forward and don't look back. Right. 2022 is the year of opportunity. Right on, right on. And I didn't read that somewhere. I just think it is. I I think it is too. I think after all of the last couple of years, it's like, I think there's going to be a new surgence of really cool, positive things coming up and and opportunities for everyone everywhere. Yeah, and start your journal because then you can forecast those great opportunities and you can celebrate your successes. True. Well, it's my guess that it's probably time to bring on our guest. Yes, and you're absolutely right, Rod. I thought so. Potenza, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. And I know for Angie and I, it's always a pleasure to have an artist with such a successful international reputation. Yes. Hi, Potenza. And yes, I might add you are one of those artists that creates virtually every single day and you have been for years. Well, thank you. And and thank you for the invitation. It's 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 wonderful to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're so We're welcome. Happy to have you. Yes. Well, before we start the interview, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So what did you have for breakfast? Well, what I have had for the last 15 years, nothing. I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Some people are not morning eaters, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, they really aren't. So, so do you have a hearty lunch at that point? It's my main meal. Oh, it's okay. lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I cook, a, I cook a lot. I love to cook. Who so. good for you? Well, main main meal at lunchtime. It's I mean, very I spent smart my, way to eat. Well, I spent my summers on my grandparents' farm, and that's the, was the biggest meal of the day. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, you've had a, a very long, successful career, like we mentioned, and I'd like to know, Angie would like to know, yeah. where did you grow up? Oh, well, I grew up in Scotland at my first 16 years and two more years in London. And then I moved to New York. That's a big so that's change. 50 years ago. So you're originally from Scotland then? Yes. I was raised in Scotland. I don't pick up the accent. Well, I kind of do. Uh, slightly. I do slightly. hear it. I do hear it. It oh, sounds lovely. The more I talk. <laughs> yeah, the more I talk. The there more I go. go. There you go. It's, it's such a beautiful <laughs> accent to have. It's beautiful. So that's such a big change for you to go from Scotland to New York. How was that as a young, a young woman? Well, I was filled with the adventurous spirit. So to me, it was just an adventure. But as strangely as this may seem, mm-hmm. when I was eight years old, I said, I'm going to America. Oh, you knew. So, and <laughs> you I was knew. in the highlands of Scotland. Where that, that came from, I don't know. But anyway, I've been, I've been here 50 years, more. So mainly your whole life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you- yes, correct. Okay. And, you know, whenever I do go back, uh-huh. they take me 100% for American. 
Oh, they I, don't hear and yeah. Yeah, because it's not that it's very slight now. You've you've yes. toned it down over the years. Uh, no, I didn't tone down. It just toned down by itself. Right, oh, yeah. right. I'm, this is the environment in which I'm living. So. Right, true. True. Your ears get used to not having the accent. Yes. Yeah. But when when did you discover that you wanted to live your life creating artwork? You know, I I tell the story all the time because that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I was married at 20 and I had some surgery, exploratory surgery. Mm-hmm. And my husband, for some reason, brought me home a Winsor Newton painting set. And I actually looked at the brushes and said, oh, my goodness, I'm an artist. <laughs> Not that I had ever drawn or painted in my life before, mm-hmm. but that was the beginning of a long adventure. Wow. That's pretty amazing. That's, That's a really interesting yes. little story, yeah. though. Good old Windsor Newton. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And in those days, it was quite expensive. And I, I thought it was the gift from God. It was such an, an interesting gift. Well, especially, so uh, yeah, especially because that was one of those kits that had several colors. If I remember, it had like a palette with it, if not some brushes. Um, Everything. Yeah, you were in mm. business overnight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I'm curious, uh, Patitza, do you have a favorite childhood memory? You know, yeah, I do. I do have a favorite childhood memory. And please, it's a little blurry. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember my father bought a car. Now, this is in Scotland. Mm-hmm. This go- this car was a jalopy. And I was to sit in the back because the exhaust was tied up with string. So I had to be- tell him when the string burned off. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and, no, I, no, wow. but, and then I looked up and we were on a cliff. And to the, to the side of the cliff were these thousands of daffodils, just thousands of daffodils. Mm -hmm. And that stayed with me. That is a memory that has stayed with me all these years. So it's definitely one of my favorite childhood memories. Well, that's a very nice memory. That's such a good memory. It's really And it's so fun and quirky, though, because, you know, how many times would you be tying parts of the car and then asking your child to monitor it for you? I think that's really a funny thing. Well, it tells you how many years ago it was. And, yes. and we were very, very poor. That car didn't last long. Yeah, it didn't so sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it was the only car we had in my entire childhood. Oh, wow. So, well, it got you by the daffodils. Yeah, it did. It, it was so beautiful. Oh, I bet. I can imagine that. What a neat that. memory, though. Yeah, That's that really great cool. Memory. Really so, cool. You know, I, I want to ask you about uh, when you, you talked about the first uh, Winsor Newton painting set that you got. And I meant to ask this earlier. What did what was the first thing you painted when you did that? <laughs> I was actually going to say that my first painting was a face. OK. And, I, and for many years, I painted masks, thousands of masks and faces in row after row after row. And I called that whole series conversation. Oh, wow. So, yes, my first painting was uh, a face. A face. And you were 
you were very happy with it then. It wasn't like a, a new kind of discovery, frustration kind of thing. It was more like, oh, I, I like this. This is conveying no, what I'm thinking. Oh, I thought it was genius. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought it was genius. Oh, my goodness, this is great. You can do anything. Very cool. So, well, that's also a very complicated thing to start with is painting <laughs> the is. face it image. Really I mean, is. most people shy away from that. They'll paint a, a landscape, tree, yeah, yeah. Landscape, <laughs> landscape. A, a tree and some shrub and a mountain. Right. Because that's easier. Well, when I did yeah. eventually go to art school, I took portraiture. Okay. Um, at the Art Students League in New York City. Oh, very good. And, yeah, I, but I, I never was going to be a portrait artist, although I did some for my friends. Uh -huh. uh, um, but I was never going to be a portrait artist. I wanted the structure. I wanted to know how I can paint beyond the mask. So that okay. was my struggle and discovery. Okay, well, that's going to lead me to my question because it seems like the best way but for wait, us to get to know you. What honey? I have one question. Okay, though. what the art student league is famous, and, right? It uh, is. How did you how did you decide to go there or enroll there? I should say because I was living in New York. Okay, it was, and why not? Right, <laughs> right, and why, exactly. Why not? Exactly. Totally. So great place to get an education when it comes to art. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Actually, the best education I had was that I was going to college full uh, part-time, mm -hmm. and they had an art department with the greatest teachers, and that's really when I, that's when I thrived. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't, I don't feel as though I thrived under the, I probably shouldn't say that, under the uh, Art Students League as well as I did in College of Mount St. Vincent in Riverdale, New York. Well, you know, everyone has a different style of learning, and sometimes it just doesn't fit in with your style and your personality. Yeah, where you're most comfortable. Yeah, where you're most comfy. So and I don't, what your surroundings that are that and bad. the fellow students and the teachers, it all impacts Correct. you. Correct. Yeah. The community. Yeah. Also, in, in college, I was free to do whatever I wanted, mm -hmm. and I didn't have to follow the, the, the rigors. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it was a great experience. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, w I wanted to ask you about your life creating art um, and your creative journey. Like how, how tell us about it, because I know you have a lot to tell. Ah, but, ah, my creative journey. Yeah. We know it started with Windsor Newton. I know it started there. Yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> yes, a good start. Thank you, Windsor so, Newton. Yeah. Uh, see, I... I, I'm hesitant here because starting at the beginning mm -hmm. and going straight to when I decided that I wanted to make a difference with art is a whole lifetime. Right. Well, not really, but uh, so I, I don't really, it's blurry. <laughs> that, it's blurry. I, I know exactly when I decided I needed to do something different. And I had already had shows I had mm -hmm. several shows mm -hmm. um, in New York City. In fact, my first show was the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, <laughs> But wonderful. it was a community show, but it was still a show. It was my first show. So, um, but I had, I'm just going to jump ahead. Is that sure. okay? Yeah, sure. sure. Whatever you so, want to say. So, I, I, I jump ahead. I've had several shows in New York. Um, I think I might have told you, but 
or might have said that I spent 25 years in New York and the last 25 years or 30 years here in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I had several shows in New York, and one day there was a military event that took place. And I was driving in New York City, and it actually brought me to tears. And I, pull, I had to pull over. And as I'm pulling over, I said, can one person make a difference? <clears throat> How do you make a difference? Can one person make a difference? And then I thought, well, what can I do to make a difference? Well, what do I do? Well, I paint. And I decided to paint a 360-foot painting dedicated to a world at peace. And and that is actually an artist theme is called the peaceable realm or the peaceable kingdom. I called mine the peaceable realm. Mm-hmm. And where the lion lies down with the lamb and a child shall lead them. But I wasn't thinking of the biblical terms. I was thinking that there were many paintings with that. So I decided to do a 360-foot version of uh, modern, and it was a, it was a lot of abstraction, but all uh, recognizable images. Mm-hmm. And and that painting was actually invited. To, well, they built a wall for it in Washington. They built a wall for it in uh, the UN in New York. I was invited to the Philippines, where uh, and this was obviously a few years ago, mm-hmm. and where I was the guest of President Aquino at the time. And it was invited to um, Texas and it showed in Texas. And I had many invitations to continue with that. And so, uh, but it, I, it didn't stop there. So with my uh, intention that perhaps one person can make a difference. Well, it sounds like that painting did make quite a difference. Yes, I think so. That's think uh, so. Uh, a major piece of work. No, but well, when you when they build, yeah. oh God, people were so good. People are so good. They built a wall in all these places to hang this painting. I have so many stories about them, funny stories. Mm-hmm. But people actually donated building a wall outside the United Nations in New York City for a 360 foot painting. Pretty amazing. That is amazing. Now, was that wow. done in sections, or how was how that constructed? It was a 300-foot, which um, the, the canvas com- company donated, and we added an extra 60 feet. So it was in two pieces, really. Amazing. My goodness. How long did it take you to uh, produce that painting? Well, I started it in New York, mm-hmm. the project. I started it in New York, but then I brought it to Palo Alto where PG&E donated a building to me to build it. I think altogether, I'm talking working daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I had a baby attached to me. Oh, <laughs> so my goodness. My son was attached to me. So I'm, I'm, it took about maybe two years. That's quite a long time, but it's such a huge painting. Yeah, but considering the size of that painting, yeah, that's actually that's not actually very really long. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it pro- was brilliant. What can I say? Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, <laughs> it, it I'm fascinated by the fact that you create art every single day. Uh, yes, and then you've shifted some of your energy. I want to get back to your art, but I also want to. Uh, tell our listeners and address the fact that you've shifted some of your energy to pottery. 
which is yes. gorgeous, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's incredible. Tell us about uh, why you moved in that direction. Uh, so about seven years ago, I moved to a converted barn mm-hmm. in a little town, Northern California, and I became what I call a hermit with a little laughter after it. Mm-hmm. Um and I really wanted to escape all the logistics of the hearts of the world and the peaceable realm and and devote myself to what I really want to do, and that is to create. And um, even during all of the, the presentations all over the world, even during that, uh, I still worked almost every day. Um, but here I am alone by myself. And happily doing what I want. Just like, that's rich. That is total wealth, is to be able to do what I want. And, um, and so um, about three years ago, I quit painting. Well, I've done a couple here and there, but mm-hmm. for a particular reason. But I quit painting after 50-some-odd years. I quit painting and I went into pottery and now it's more sculptural than pottery. In fact, I call my pieces non-vessels because Mm. when I was doing vases, just didn't seem to fit. And I thought, I'll put a lid on these. And now I call them non-vessels. So does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Fascinating. I love it. And and we're going to have links so people can see yeah, your they pottery can see your at the pottery end of the show. And, and check it out. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, um, can you tell you, us? You know, I, go ahead. Can or, I yes. can I cut in here? Absolutely. So, um, I'm often asked, why pottery? I'd never done pottery. Maybe 10 years ago, I'd fill, uh, done a little something, but I had never really done pottery mm-hmm. and knew nothing about it. And didn't have a kiln. I mean, I just, so, but what happened was I I was in Okinawa. Uh, My son uh, is married to uh, a woman from Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And I was visiting Okinawa and what they have there. So wonderful. I I don't think they have them in America. We should. I wanted to start one. They have pottery villages. They're cottages and acres and acres of land where people live and do their pottery all in this little village. It's not a little village, but spread out village. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed by that. But even at that point, I didn't know that that was something that I was my future. Um, what happened was I started watching documentaries with my daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and, and I, and she, they were in New Jersey. And when I came back, I came from the airport to Creative Ceramics in Santa Rosa and bought my first clay on their advice, what clay I needed. And I was up and running the following morning. I I was so involved in in mastering this clay. And the truth is, I will never master it. Mm -hmm. But I do what I do. And and every time I start a new thing, it's it's about mastery again. So... um, but I'm so excited. I get ex- I get up in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and I'm saying, okay, what next? How can I make this beautiful? How can I 
create something that I think has beauty and never been done before kind of attitude, not really, but kind of attitude. And I'm, I, I love my life. I'm so fortunate. You know, the thing about pottery, pottery is it's so tactile. It is. You, you yes. just, it's, you really get into it because you and the clay are connected together mm-hmm. and then you throw a little bit of yes. your creative thinking into it. And it's amazing what uh, you can turn out. Mm-hmm. You're always exploring yes. and I think you're always uh, inventing, uh, never exactly knowing what's going to happen. And then I guess the more proficient you become, the better odds you have of turning out something that you suspect is going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes proficiency doesn't happen. What happens is that the clay has a mind of its own. So, but I play with that. So it's, uh, but I like what you said about it being tactile. I think that's, that's the major change from painting. Painting is, uh, three-dimensional design perhaps on a two-dimensional surface Mm -hmm. but you're working with clay you're working three-dimensionally and it is a definitely a different mindset and 360 degrees yes you're turning yes uh, yes very true yes Uh, i was working on a piece that was 22 inches high which is the highest my kiln will take and i really want even though i've done um, columns or totems, um, I've had to do it two at a time and then cement them together because I, it won't fit obviously my kiln. Um, uh, so I was working on a piece that was the highest that I could get into my kiln Mm -hmm. and I've been working on it for quite some time. And the other night it just, collapsed mm-hmm. no. so i have to start again so but that's clay and it's it's always something new and always something to learn about balance because if you don't balance it it's going to break it's not going to work so you have to learn about the, what you said about the 360 degree if you don't balance it, it's not going to work it's just like sculpture right yeah Hey, for you, sure, I call myself a sculptor now. Yeah, so. you, you could never you really create. Are, yeah. You could never create David without balancing <laughs> that that guy yes. out. Yes, of course. Otherwise, it would just fall over. Yeah. You know? yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's what did, and it's that's what it did, and I am thrilled that that happened because I wasn't happy with it anyway. <laughs> I knew I could do better. Well, that's good. So when it broke, even though, you know, you say, well, I put in a week, two weeks of work and it fell, it it, it collapsed. I was freaking happy because I (laughs) knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't what it could be. It wasn't meant to be. That's, that's kind of cool that you I get over it in five seconds the first five seconds I'm cursing okay I curse the first five seconds I'm cursing and and after that oh I'm so happy that that happened so it better be as good as I think I can make it so we're gonna be anxious to see it yeah we're gonna be too y
actually started that in Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, here I am painting a 360-foot painting dedicated to a world at peace. I know, we're jaded. Mm-hmm. But dedicated to a world at peace. And, um, and one night in the winter, cold, wet, dark, it was raining, and I get a knock at my door. And there's this woman asked, this is how long ago, well, it took me 25 years to finish the project. So mm-hmm. this is how long ago. Um, uh, someone came to my door asking for food and clothing for the Kurds. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this American heart. I'm sitting watching television. She's committed. And I thought this American heart and. Anyway, I started with This American Heart, which I did three versions of before I was happy. Mm -hmm. But then I don't remember the chronology, but um, Rajiv Gandhi had written to me about my work, and it was so inspiring. And he died assassinated. And I thought, I'm going to do this Heart of India. And then I thought, if I'm done too, I may as well do the whole world. And so I take the flag of each country and I turn it into heart. The flag is a national symbol. Mm-hmm. But, and I turn it, most people can recognize their flag when I turn it into a heart, which is an internationally understood symbol. Right. So I did a heart for each country in the world and I have made presentations, many to the United Nations. I was a guest of a, a private audience with the Dalai Lama, where I presented him with the heart of Tibet. Uh, I was a guest of Archbishop Tutu in South Africa, which was an amazing, amazing journey. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I have so many stories about just being in South Africa or just going to, just meeting 45 minutes sitting with the Dalai Lama. There's so many stories to tell. Um, And I'm so blessed with them. And they are reminders of just keep going. Just just keep doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Just be keep being creative. Although, well, so I, go ahead. I was just going to say I've had the opportunity to, to see on your uh, on Instagram many of the hearts of the world that you've created oh, yes, that you've posted. Yeah, yes. that you've posted, and um, I can't believe how versatile you are in creating those, but I think what's really interesting to me, and when people have the opportunity to check them out, is how you manage to capture something very unique and very intimate about each of these countries. You don't necessarily see it at first, but if you take a look at it for a few minutes, and if you've traveled at all, or if you understand anything about the culture of these various countries, You've captured something really special in them. I'm I'm kind of amazed <laughs> how you managed to ch- achieve that. You you must have I, I guess have you done some research when you started creating those? Oh, well, of course, because I wanted to get my heart involved. Um, so I, of course, there wasn't any country that I didn't do a little research on. But the most important, see. Um, if you were to say, look at this heart of France, I can't do the Eiffel Tower. I'm not doing, this is not about landmarks. It's about taking their flag and turning it into a heart. And there are many times, for instance, this heart of Germany, you will see 
they call that um, the country the the mother of uh, abstract expressionism. Well, you can see I use that a little, but uh, but I still use the flag as the foundation of the heart. I think your German one is uh, especially describes what I'm saying because uh, cool. I, I see a little bit of what is it Bauhaus in there yeah, maybe, Bauhaus maybe. Uh, a little uh, bit uh-huh. uh, in there, but you'd have to know it. I mean, you'd you look at it. Your first impression of it is it's a remarkably beautiful to look at. It has a lot of depth to it, but there's also a story built into it. Uh, I think you. Um, you achieved something really special there, Potenza. Mm-hmm. I don't think any oh, other artist you. I don't think any other artist has come anywhere near achieving that goal. Yeah, no. Oh very my, original. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that was that not is, and that was not a paid endorsement. <laughs> and, and, oh, I thought you were going to see that I was paid to do it. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, not at all. No, it wasn't a paid endorsement by us. We oh, really but, we really love those things. <laughs> Because it's worth its weight in gold. So yeah, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. You know, you as an artist, you work alone, and validation isn't always there. And that was validation, and I thank you for it. Well, you're very welcome, and it was very sincere. Yeah. Uh, yes, I know. As a creative person myself, I I know the effort that went into it, but I also know what must go on in your subconscious thinking in order to uh, portray him. Uh, and in your such, heart, yeah, too. In your, yeah, well, in your the heart. heart is it's all about that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you know, if you take away politics, we're all the same in any country. Exactly right. You are so right. 100%. Yeah. Doesn't that just give you goosebumps just to think of humanity? Uh, I know it does for me. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Because, you know, we're all the same, really. Everywhere. Completely. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we have different upbringing and different uh, cultures, which is lovely. Well, that's uh, what makes us interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So. You know, I'm looking at my questions here, and, and the one thing that I'm curious about is, have you ever wanted to pursue anything else other than being an artist in life, or was there other kind of things that popped up during your life? Well, I think when I was five, I wanted to be a ballerina. No, there you kidding. go. <laughs> I mean, everybody, every girl wants to be a ballerina when they're five. Yes, <laughs> so, I think so. No, no, no. When I knew I was an artist, mm-hmm. I was blessed. I knew that this was a gift that would would um, would last a lifetime. And I feel as though I could. I need three lifetimes to do what's in my head. Oh, understand. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, I had a quote That's that I came up cool. with one time, and I said, for an artist, one lifetime is never enough. And true. Completely true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've used that quote a few times, and I fervently believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm often asked about creativity. And uh, creativity, some very wise man said it was 1% inspiration. Should you be that lucky? The rest is doing what you say you're going to do. If you're going to paint today, do it, even if it's five minutes. The discipline of being creative comes by discipline. And that's, I mean, I paint almost every day. Uh, All right, there was a couple of vacations I might have taken, but even when I was on vacation, I cut up a magazine and and, and did um, 
I did designs with mm-hmm. cut up magazines. So just do it because you say you're going to do it. Whether it's writing, music, singing, whatever. And I, I think everything has creativity. So. Yeah, we agree. And, and you can't leave more. out the importance of perspiration. Yeah. It's not. It's ninety nine point. It's it's everything. Yes. Yeah. And and the and the but that 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 nugget of gold when you complete something. Sometimes I look at my work and I say, I did that. Where was I? You did that. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it happens because I say it's going to happen. I think that's, that's an it. amazing thing that many artists share. I, I've had that experience myself. I'll look at a painting that I created several years ago, and I can't even believe I did it. Mm-hmm. A, yes. I'm just as I'm like a little child looking at it for the first time. I look at some of the detail in it, and I go, I just can't believe that that you put that effort in. And for you, especially because you're such an accomplished artist, I can imagine you probably have many of those little kismets, if you will, mm-hmm. those little explorations when you go back and look at it. And now I suspect you're having the opportunity to do that with your pottery. Yeah. Well, for one thing, if I look back, I painted a 360-foot <laughs> painting. Get yeah. away. <laughs> that, is, that is an accomplishment. That's a huge accomplishment because yes. I doubt oh there's gosh. anybody else in this world that's actually ever done that. Mm-mm. I think at the time it was probably the first woman. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Without assistance, yeah. there are uh, there are a lot bigger pieces, but had assistance. No, I didn't have assistance. Yeah, and those are all in the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Say that again. I said those giant paintings where they had fifty assistants cover a whole wall in the Louvre. Yeah. Yes, I get it. Yeah. Um, You've had the opportunity shared with us a little bit earlier about the fact that you've been in numerous museums. And I'm curious, what, what's the one or what was the most interesting thing you experienced on the opening night of your show? Well, I, I don't know if you would call this interesting. It was more heartbreaking, um, but it's a little bit of a brag too. But I, I have to tell you because it is the one thing that I do remember, and it wasn't a museum. It was my first uh, Soho solo show, mm-hmm. and I was so excited. It was three huge rooms of my work. I was so excited, um, and that night. I I uh, went down to because it was a f- um, ground floor gallery, and that night I went down to look at it through the window because I was after the opening. The openings are all blurs. I couldn't remember anything about openings, but I do remember going down and looking through uh, the window and thinking, "Oh my God, my first solo show!" I was a young woman, mm-hmm. and. And there was someone that came and started taking notes. And I thought, oh, must be a reviewer. (laughs) But I didn't know he knew who I was, but he did. And I said to him, um, you know, I put my work on, I I do my words on, on canvases. I'm not a great speaker or writer. But I said to him, so what do you think? 
And he said, I think this is the best work in New York City today. And I thought, oh, my God. And he said, and I said, are you going to write that? He said, no. And I said, why? He says, because you're wearing high heels. No. <laughs> Oh. I know it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But I did a whole wonderful series of paintings called I Can't Be an Artist Because I Wear High Heels. So oh, good so, for you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but that was that's the that was the highlight of openings that I remember. I can think of several art critics that probably would have done that or said that. That's really that's interesting. So ridiculous. That they were oh, so gosh. blatant in their in telling you that. Yeah. Well, he was. He told me the truth. And, I, and it, it broke my heart. Not really. But I made something out of it, which was, I think, some of my best paintings. Um, so remember, also, this is 40 years ago. We've come. We have women artists come uh, quite some way um, since then. Mm -hmm. Sure. Definitely. So. Definitely. Well, I love the way that you um, took a negative and turned it into a focus and made it into something yes. really positive. So bravo for you. That's wonderful. <laughs> if you get on Potenza Art, you'll see one of them. I will definitely called, go in I just there. called it High Heels. Oh, okay. So we should check it out. Just for your out. own interest. Oh, yeah. What was that? I said we should all check it out to to see what it's like. So we'll put a link oh, in show guest tab. You you guys listening can check it out and see what uh, what's it about. Yeah, what okay. a real what a real creative life looks like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't let anyone yes, discourage I'm, you I'm with so negativity. Blessed. I'm sorry. Say that again. Please. I said don't don't let anyone discourage you with their negativity. You know, turn it into something that works for you. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking that uh, it is normal when you see a piece of art, it is just totally normal for you to project. Yeah. I mean, that you're going to project your feelings and your experiences. That's the way it is. If you want to dive a little deeper, you might want to know what the artist meant. Uh -huh. So, um, so yes, I've got turning, don't listen to negative people because they're just projecting their own selves onto your work. Right I get it. On. Thank you. Right. And on. a great reminder. <laughs> I think it's very important to, to, you have to, if you're going to explain your art, don't let other people explain your art. Everybody has their own interpretation of a painting that they're seeing or they're looking at. And, of course. and that is good in some respects and it can be bad in other respects because nobody ever really truly knows what was going on inside that artist's head when they created it. And, and it's unfortunate that people don't take the time to actually get to know uh, about the artist, you know, read a biography on them, learn, learn what they were really going through in their life, what may mm have -hmm. uh, made things work for them and things that maybe didn't work out so well. The artists have fascinating lives. You obviously have had one. Oh, yes. Yes, yes a, blessed, a blessed life. Very much so. Isn't that true, though, that what he was just saying about projecting, and that's what you were saying as well, uh, Potenza, about don't let it. I think that's it. normal and natural. Yeah. Yeah. I guess dive deeper, but it is normal to come up with your own interpretations. Mm-hmm. Look what they did to Georgia O'Keeffe. 
she had to endure so many interpretations of her work and she kept saying no no that's not what i meant so um so it happens yeah it's part and parcel of being an artist exactly well that's partially because people want to be kind of an authority if you ask somebody's opinion you're going to get it (laughs) (laughs) and so i should yeah if i ask for their opinion yeah never (laughs) ask for an opinion because you're going to get it that's good advice (laughs) it's true Well, the one thing that I would love to know, and I I know that you can uh, definitely talk about it, is what would you tell people that want to live a more creative life? You touched on it a little bit earlier, but what would be one thing that you would want to impress upon them? Like a takeaway from listening to this podcast, what would it be that, that they could do? Well, I could say in a more friendly way, but I'm not going to. (laughs) <laughs> stop, whining, stop whining and do it. Just do it. Now, I know that sounds simplistic, but again, I'm repeating myself. Everyone I know who's saying, oh, I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. And the whining about it is what is who they are. They have become the victim of their of not working. So even look. The University of YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube. For sure. Yes. You you can get on YouTube and be inspired. And and then you have to do the work. And will you do good work? Not really. Maybe not. Maybe yes. And 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 maybe it's your path. And maybe the wonderful thing is discovering that it's not your path. And then you can seek elsewhere. That's about it. Oh, that's that's, that's uh, great advice. advice. Yeah, and I might add, never complain and never explain. <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a mantra that I've tried to follow, and I'm not very good at it because we all have those days. Yeah, of course. You know, in your uh, long career as a professional artist, and I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting, maybe not, there were times when you wanted to get away from art for a while. Has that ever been your case, Potenza? Never. Mm. Okay, good. That's interesting. I, I just can't think of a time when I would think that. But we don't know about tomorrow. Well, you're so passionate about what you're doing. It certainly has come through in the way you've been expressing yourself. Um, I I can imagine maybe that never really was the case. I mean, sure, you went on holiday, but you were still cutting out paper and and doing something, fidgeting with creativity. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But you know what's so great? You, You go somewhere and you don't have your tools, and then you have to make them up. I find that creative. I find that exciting. I did some really great work not having my my tools. So, well, I call it great work, but uh, it was pretty good um, to be able to create out of nothing, which is what we all want to do. Mm -hmm. Every time I make something, I've created something out of nothing. Uh, I think that's I think that's magical. I agree. I, I, oh, I know. I love your enthusiasm because it reminds me of, of being a kid, and you haven't lost that um, that shine, and that's something that's so valuable. And admire that a in anyone. Wonder. 
yeah, it's a childhood wonder that you have not lost. So wonderful, wonderful Thank for you. you. You're welcome. Okay, so now we're going to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests. And if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? Can I have a party? Okay. Of course. <laughs> it's your bench. It's your bench. You can do what you, you like. You can do what you want. Well, well, I just, there's so many people I would want. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Georgia O'Keeffe. Mm-hmm. Louise Nevelson. I would want all these um, uh, Picasso, Matisse. I would want all these artists. I just don't want their advice. I just want their energy. Oh, so, that's nice. Yes. Well, that's why would really I want- nice. Yeah, you don't need their advice. And, and again, if you ask their opinion, you're going to get it. But the fact that they are all creatively loaded with energy, I'm sure they uh-huh. give. I'm sure they give off uh, their persona. Must be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yes. Well, I I don't want to paint like Picasso. I don't want to paint like um, I don't want to sculpt like Louise Nevelson, brilliant as she is. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. I think she stole my ideas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Really, I am. But I. But their energy and their 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 creative energy. I could. I think that would be interesting. I think so too. I like your answer because yeah, yeah you would definitely answer. feel a lot. From and and Eleanor Roosevelt, not being an artist, was was incredibly creative, and she was all heart as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, I was going to say she was a dear, dear soul. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What a hero. Very much so. Well, I suppose if we were there, we'd ask them what they all had for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and, who, and who'd they like to sit on a park bench with, right? Exactly. Yeah. That would be a conversation. Yeah, that'd be a real conversation yeah. with Picasso, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I call myself a hermit. I should have said no one. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, as much as I hate to do this, this has been incredible talking yes. to you, Potenza, oh. and we really appreciate having the opportunity to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know the people that listen yes. to this one because they're all creative people, and they're going to love your you what you've shared about being creative. Mm-hmm. This is this has been really a special special episode, I think. Very much so, and I agree with Rod. Well, well, thank you so much. But think of think of the the good that you do for artists. Think of how creative that is. And I am so appreciative of your your discussions and your questions. Yes, and we're we're hoping that with every show, with every different person that people listen to on the podcast, it's going to give them a takeaway of creativity and inspiration and motivate them to create whatever they create, whether it be music or visual arts or even writing. And that's the purpose of this podcast, to really motivate people to get out there and just do it like you said. No, listen to Potenza's recommendation. Listen to her number one recommendation. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. I love it. Yeah, get off your your duff and do it. (laughs) Get off your fanny. Get off your whining. That's true. So true. (laughs) You call it complaining. I think that's a much nicer way to say it. (laughs) It is. So get off your complaining and and do it because you can. Mm -hmm. Agree with you. And now comes a time that I I need to tell everyone, if you want to know more about Potenza, we will have links for her under the show 
guest tab on our website at thoughtbropodcast.com so everyone can learn more about her and please connect with her on social media because you will enjoy seeing all of her inspirational artworks and check out her website. I'm definitely going to go see the high heels on her website that we talked about earlier. So excited. Yeah, you're a fascinating artist and thank you so much. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you're enjoying our podcast, both Rod and I would really appreciate you buying us a cup of coffee. Just go to thoughtrow.com, scroll down a bit, and you can find that link right on our website on the homepage. It's really easy to do, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, And all the money we receive goes to our production costs. Yep. And primarily because we want to keep our show commercial free and we want to continue to bring you the best quality content with great guests. That's right. Thank you for listening to Thought Road Podcast. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.